what you are hearing right now is the sound of the dancing elks. The elk, a majestic beast with a long scaly trunk, a bifurcated tongue, absolutely no tail, and it's a sort of bluish color around daybreak, can kill a man with the gamma rays from its shin. Man and elk have learned to live together in harmony, however, thanks to a Mr. P. Eppinghume from Droitwich, who every evening gives them all a fistful of raspberry flan. The elk, as well as having a shrewd economic mind, is also exceptionally good at connect power, although it can never demonstrate this to anyone as it has absolutely no opposable thumbs and therefore can be seen weeping openly outside Walmart's the world over since the death of the shell suit in 1994. Klaus, I don't mind you doing these little bits before the show, but could you kindly teach the elk not to crap in my slippers? Uh. Thanks. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the After Movie Diner. And this is a very special episode because it is uh, quarter past two in the morning. Uh, we are in the Waverley Diner in the West Village. What is this considered? Yes, so- Soho area. Soho area. I don't know what this is considered. It's in the West. Anyway, it's 6th Avenue. Uh, and uh, it, we have just been to the IFC Center to see Masters of the Universe and sitting across uh, from me in the booth of the diner uh, tonight is none other than Mr. Kirk Howley, formerly of Schlock Treatment. Mr. Howley, how are you, sir? Good. How are you doing, John? Excellent, sir. Excellent. Past my bedtime. I've never up this late anymore. I have now officially been up 24 hours straight. Wow. 24, just 24 exactly? or? Yeah, 24 hours basically. Uh, I slept yesterday from 7 p.m. through to about 2.15, 2.20 in the morning. Oh. And it's now 2.20 in the morning the next day. Oh, wow. So I've been up 24 hours. And in that 24 hours, I have watched seven movies. <laughs> That's insane. You're insane, John. Yep. And this was the seventh one. It was Master of the Universe starring Dolph Lundgren. Uh, and uh, what so you ended with the best movie. I end, yeah, I ended with the best movie I possibly could. Because I figured out that this is one of the greatest movies. And the other nice thing about this diner is you can always hear the subway rumble underneath. Oh, yeah, That's right. one of the... Uh, Feeling my feet. Yeah, that's one of the, the uh, features. That's how they sell it on Yelp or whatever. Features spelled F-E-E-T-C-H-U-R-S-E-Z. Indeed. All right. Whatever he just said, I agree with. So I'm thinking something breakfasty. Although the last meal I had was pork belly melted gouda on cheese focaccia. Oh, Focaccia or whatever you pronounce. Did you make that or did you buy it somewhere? Uh, I made, well, I bought all the individual things, but I put it together oh, myself. You didn't just pull it from the air and create it with your, <laughs> with your my, powers? With my uh, man Meat powers? and cheese magic? No. 
No, uh, my meat and cheese fat magic wanes. Uh, I have grown, I have grown tired of my meat and cheese. <laughs> Just wait until the, the great skeleton opens. Yeah. The great mouth opens and we shove yeah. food of power into it. So first of all, let's choose. This is always a tense moment for the listeners as they uh, wonder what it is we're going to eat. Yeah. I've already had two meals today, so I feel rather extravagant having a third meal, but. <laughs> Whatever, here we go. Technically, it could be breakfast for the next day, I guess. Yeah. Because I, I start like the cycle all over again. Breakfast is going to make me too sleepy, so I think I'll go with like an open face sandwich of some sort. Maybe a turkey. Oh, hang on, they do a French toast deluxe with two eggs, bacon, and sausage. I wonder if I could get two lots of sausage instead of bacon. Uh, so that's my decision. What are you having, nice. uh, Sir Kirk of Howlyshire? I think I'm going to go with the sliced turkey, all white meat with turkey gravy. Nice. So that's a lot of turkey then. Yeah, turkey, you yeah. jive turkey. That's right. You toiki. It should be toiki. You have to I say it like that, because you're from New Jersey, so you have to say toiki. Quick from New Jersey, I'm toiki. You have to say it like the policeman in this movie, played by the bald-headed dude from Back to the Future. I've already forgotten his real name. Yeah, who cares about his real name? Lubick? Well, Lubix is the character in this, and this, and he runs around in a hilarious 70s brown leather coat. Yeah, and for a kid's movie, he's very often yells, holy shit! Uh, can I get the uh, sliced turkey sandwich? Is that french fries or french fries? French fries, please. And uh, could I get a Coke with that? Uh, yeah, I'd like holla french toast, please. Can I get that with two eggs, scrambled, and sausage? Thanks. And can I get a strawberry milkshake with that, please? Thanks. Excellent. Right, so, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's the first thing with this movie, is that it's based on a line of kids' toys, right, which then became a, a kids' cartoon. That yeah. was very, like, obviously a kids' cartoon. It was not a subversive cartoon. There was nothing about it that I think was... It's, it's even more confusing than that, than that, though, because what I read about this movie, they got the rights to the mini-comics that were sold with the toys. Right. And those comics did not match up to the plot of the cartoon at all. Oh, okay. So basically in the comics, He-Man was just a wandering barbarian right. who happened to be given this special sword that made him strong. And he wasn't a prince. There was no Prince Adam in those little comics. Uh, right. And a lot of the other characters were very different from what they were. But the, then in this movie, they made them even more different from that. So right. they made a lot of weird changes. Okay. So there was no no Orko in the, in the comics that came with the figures. Right. But yet they felt the need to put Gwildor in there, who is basically right. a surrogate orco. Yeah, he's basically the character you want to punch repeatedly in the guild <laughs> I don't know, I used to, when I was a kid I hated him, but I actually see much more of the comedy in his character now, and in a lot of the characters, like the police chief. Right. Like, no, I mean, I, I, I always hated Orko, and I always hated Gwildor, and I even hated the plastic Orko toy that had the, they had, it had like a serrated uh, pulley, do you remember that? Uh, and you would pull it through, and then it would spin round, and even that was annoying. It was annoying to fill, it was annoying to like, um, shove the stick in, and then pulling it out was annoying, and then watching it go and fall off the table was annoying. Everything about it was annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was just... Uh, Thank you. But I did quite like the... Um, 
the battering the ram guy, whatever his oh, name was. Ram Man. Ram Man. Yeah. <laughs> Those names are really creative. Right. Except take a word, dash, man, yeah. Unless dash, unless you're a woman, in which case you are Teeler or Evelyn or yeah. So the, the the basically my point was though they they were like kids toys. Yeah. And predominantly what everyone remembers from the era was the kids cartoon, which was like I said, it it, it wasn't like Pixar is today or the Muppets were back then. It wasn't subversive. It wasn't something that adults could watch as well. Like it really was yeah. just uh, morality tales. Yeah, and every episode was as nonviolent as they could make it. Right. For a show where like lasers were flying all over the place. He never really struck anyone with his sword. No. It would maybe like grab you and get you into like a bear hug. Right. That was the level. And of at the end violence. of it, they stood around and went, "Oh, Orko," yeah. and then had a laugh. Right. There would be a little lesson they would tell. That's what I mean. Audience. It was all little morality plays yeah. for children, right? So you take that and you give that to Canon, who are notorious. I mean, their big hits were like the. Chuck Norris stuff and uh, um, some Bronson stuff and um, you can tell that this was also made during the period where they had acquired the rights to Superman but Superman 4 had flopped big time and they were actually going into bankruptcy as this was going on. I think this was made, was it... I read somewhere that this was made like a seven. They had the budget for Superman four, but they split that in half to help make this movie. To help finish. So this it even movie. took away from Superman 4's success to create this movie. Yeah, no, I mean this this movie was almost the movie that crippled them. I mean, yeah. they were going through bankruptcy and receivership while this was being made. Yeah, and it was they, It needed, the director was so awful it needed several reshoots that Canon couldn't really afford to pay for but had to do just to kind of try and get well, it out. Canon actually stopped shooting before the guy even finished the film. Right. Like, he didn't shoot the final battle scene. They were like, all right, you've taken too long, that's it. Yeah. Just have it anywhere, it just fades out while they're fighting. But the hilarious thing is, is that that entire Castle Grayskull interior set was built. It is a three-level, enormous set, right? I mean, you see it at the beginning. Uh, uh, Skeletor starts walking from all the way around the corner. You see him come all the way down. Then it's this massive hallway. Yeah. At no point during the movie do you need any of that space. It could literally have just been that corridor, a couple of faked holes in the floor, and a yeah. matte painting for the rest of it. It didn't well, need watched, to be any of that. I watched an interview with the guy who constructed that. He, he designed it to be... It was made for, like, sword fights. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fight that they do. So they'd be able to go up and down stairs on the different levels. It was meant to be up, like an old Errol Flynn in, like huge yeah, big sound stage, sound stage, and it's but since they run out of time, you get, they had to shoot the last fight in like a little dark room. Right. Oh, and by the way, if you've ever listened to the commentary on the DVD, which I have done, and I would urge everyone to listen to the commentary on the DVD, this guy, the director, uh, Gary Goddard, someone Goddard, is yeah, it? I think that's right, Goddard, yeah. Yeah. He thought he was making uh, like a big Hollywood masterpiece. Like, he was absolutely convinced that this was amazing. Well, I don't really blame him because, I mean, if you look at the sets, looked amazing, the costumes are pretty great. For right. The time. Well, what he ends up making is is a slightly more expensive Flash Gordon. I mean, it yeah. really is. It's it's. I mean, Flash Gordon is our generation's Flash Gordon, but this is like uh, Flash Gordon's sort of what end of the seventies, early eighties. When is that? That was. I think it was the early eighties. Okay. And this was like eighty-seven. I want to say eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Went for Alfred Masters. Yeah. Yeah, I think well. 
Yeah, because it was after the toy line had already faded, like after '86. Right. When no one is really interested in these toys anymore. No, nobody ever should. Like, Canon doubled down on so many things they should not have doubled down. Yeah. Like Superman three, nobody really liked, and yet they went ahead with Superman four. Uh, then they thought Master Universe that's going to fly but like you say by the time it came along you know everyone had moved on to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles whatever the next thing was going to be right Um, and then as I say instead of making a kids version which one could at least condone because you would at least be like well you want to get the you know four to ten bums on seats like that's what you're looking for right this is going to be a big summer family friendly movie no no you have it so there's multiple death there's gore effects there's weird like genuinely scary monsters for kids Um, it's acid thrown in his face yeah he gets acid thrown in his face things get set on fire people are put in real peril and uh, uh, also like you say people are cussing all over the shop yeah um, and there's a, then there's a, a slightly creepy uh, dude who runs a music store in a leather cap, which is nothing I would want to subject to children. Thank you so much. Oh, look at that shake. Is that strawberry? Uh, yes. I can tell because it's so pink. Yes, it looks like the, uh, the, the flesh of, <laughs> of the youthful. <laughs> I thought you were going to say flesh of Gwildor's cheeks. It does. It looks like something Gwildor might squeeze out of his gill flaps. <laughs> Which, by the way, why would any creature on a desert moon have gills? You're right, yeah, the only landscape they showed to be turning was this vast right. desert. Well, it's Star Wars, right? It was like, it just looked like Tatooine yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, they definitely... Uh, yeah. I mean... They, they borrowed a lot of ideas, but it, it's hard not to... Ba- basically, the storyline is this. Gwildor... <laughs> is a massive idiot because he invents something without realizing what he invents even though he's purposefully inventing it which is another thing that got me really confused because at one point He-Man goes no no Teela he didn't know what he was doing no no pretty sure he's the inventor who created it and knows that it opens doorways to other worlds pretty sure he knew exactly what he was doing he didn't know that uh, Evil Lynn was going to come steal the key and use it to break into Castle Grayskull apparently because she just showed up and nobody knew that it had the potential to be able to do it yeah yeah, he knew he could get anywhere but she showed up just because he was a locksmith well if he's a locksmith he must have a key to another world so do you think there was Skeletor's (laughs) original plan just to find this guy who's a locksmith and have him just jimmy open the lock of, of Grayskull yeah why don't they just do that then? If Can you get easy? me through the back door? <laughs> <laughs> um, of course I can. I'm Gwildor. Uh, I would love to see that, like a heist film. Gwildor. Yeah. <laughs> Skeletor whatever. tried to like creep, creep through the air vents with his big hat on and his shoulder pads and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and every scene could just end with him being like, Gwildor. <laughs> So, Gwildor, who's a massive idiot, invents a Japanese synthesizer that opens key, opens portals to other worlds. Oh, yeah, and he invents right. this thing that's basically a keyboard, but he doesn't know what music... I, it doesn't make sense later on. He's explaining to you. Is it Kevin, who's the yeah. birth boy? He's like, what? You, you know how to pull these notes from there? How? And he's like, oh, I have a keyboard. What is keyboard? <laughs> it's like this thing you made that you call a key. What are keys? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I suddenly know nothing. <laughs> Why do I have a face full of labia? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 
So, in the midst of a very uninspiring battle in Castle Grayskull, while he is trying to open a portal that will allow them to take the I'm already bored. <laughs> well, the sorceress was trapped. Trying to get the sorceress. Some sort of like two force of field. Yeah, force field. There you go. Um, <laughs> and they said only Skeletor could break it. Except, except Gwildor, if they open the portal, but apparently <laughs> trying to open a portal into a, 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 a force field takes Gwildor an inordinate amount of time. Yeah, it takes him more time to do that, to open yeah. something that's in the same room as he is in. Than to send people to... back in time. Yeah, into yeah. a different universe. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's all very confusing. And at the very last minute, they scrap that whole plan... <laughs> Because they figure a fish out of water story would be much better, even though there is no real fish out of water element to it at all. They go yeah. to Earth, they stride about, no one comes up to them and goes, what is going, like... Well, only Lubick or whatever. Right, Lubick. He's the only one who's like, who are these he, He's the fish out of water. Everyone else just goes along with it. That's true. Corny Cox gets told this implausible tale about... <laughs> About Castle Grey's girl and Skeletor and this that, and the other, she's just like, "All oh, right, hey, right, we must help you." Yeah. And every time Lubick shows up, he's like, "I gotta shoot these people." He's got a gun ready to blow everyone's brains out. Everyone has to yell at him, "No, you're an idiot! Yeah. You don't know what's going on." The other great thing is, throughout the whole movie, Skeletor keeps saying, "Keep He-Man alive," and then his very last speech before they duel is, "I just want you wiped off the face of the earth. I never want to see your face again." I'm like, "You've had." 60 storm you had him tied up yeah with like hundreds of stormtroopers around All with guns. laser cannons yeah and instead you had <laughs> blade <laughs> your your villain blade who is homoerotically whip seen. him with a hollow whip yeah, it was like a, a laser whip. red laser. Yeah. Really Which again, I would have said, do away with that because that's money in the budget. We shouldn't be spending on yeah. animating a laser whip. Just yeah. have a regular whip. Or better still, hit him with something. <laughs> like just hit him with sticks. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, well, the whole fish out of water thing, this is a problem I have with almost every cartoon that gets made into a... Uh, well, How the Duck movie. does the same thing. Yeah, they have to, instead of, they, they create this amazing world in the first scene. It's right. Like, oh, we're in this strange, unusual, fun, interesting place. Right. Yeah, let's just put them in Earth and, like, In a loincloth. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. In a, in a music store <laughs> or something. Yeah. Let's take him back to meet Charlie the keyboard player with the leather cap and his... Yeah. Literally um, looked like a sailor who was about to go on shore leave. And they, yeah, what other movie did they do? The, the Smurfs, they came out not, you know, a few years ago, they brought them to Earth. But I don't know why, if it's a budget-saving thing, if they're just like, we only want to build one right. set, and then we want to shoot in the streets. Yeah, I mean, I would have looked at what they would do. I would have been like, right, half the size of Castle Grayskull, because there's really no point. Like, you spend 90% of the time <laughs> over by the throne, and you don't even yeah. shoot that in an imaginative way. Right. Secondly, um, uh, do away with like laser cannons and laser whips and all that. Like we don't need any of that. Like just don't have a little flash, like muzzle flare that comes out the end of the gun, and have people I don't know go and fall over when they get fired. Like nobody cares. We just get rid of the guns because it doesn't make sense with guns and swords. Right. 
Why is it that out of everything, He-Man is the only one who wears a loincloth and a cape and carries a sword, when even his two best friends are in the military of Eternia? I mean, Man-at-Arms has an emblem and a, and a, a whole uniform or whatever. Teela has yeah, the same like uniform. Kevlar uniforms or something. And He-Man's got like a little gold buckle, two big shoulder pads, <laughs> some furry boots, and that's it. Right. I don't know, they never explained that. They, no. they didn't give any sort of origin for any of the characters. That was no. one of the problems. They just Ske- threw all these characters together. And, um, Skeletor, who is a living skeleton in a row, has hundreds of generic nobodies in black stormtrooper gear. Yeah. Like, basically, cycle helmets and, and plastic armor. Yeah, right. I heard that they were based on the samurai. But he also had... Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, there's an art to this. Yeah, of course there is. just random... You mean they didn't just look at it and go, give them all helmets, <laughs> so that the same ten stuntmen can play all 60 of them. Um, Ooh, you think in that scene where they're, uh, they warp into Earth and there's like... Just a long line of guards walking past. You think it was just two guys <laughs> walking, walking round past and round them, and running around to the back of yes. the camera, running, walking past again? Yes, that's definitely what it was. All right, I enjoy that scene so much more now that I can imagine that happening. Um, the other thing was that on top of all these people, apparently there is only one of every race left, and some of them are evil and some of them are good. Mm. So we get a pig boy, <laughs> a beast man. Oh, the, this is my favorite thing. When they line up the four quote unquote mercenaries, right? Yeah. One is a humanoid called Blade, who is hilariously camp and over the top, and I love him to bits. He just goes Blade and he steps out. <laughs> He's got the whole, like, everything is, like, sharp pointy corners and, sharp. and pointy and yeah. hilarious. There's no way, like, they told him to take someone alive, and they're like, how is he going to do that? No matter right. if he grabs them, they're going to chop their arm up. <laughs> also, he's wearing an eye patch. Not someone I want to give a sharp pointed thing to. Someone with no peripheral vision. Good point. Aha. No pun intended. Well, um, so then there's, they, they line them up. They go, Blade. And then they go, Flag, who is like the lizard guy, right? This generic lizard guy. or something? Not lizard guy. Just, just They call him Flag. Yeah. Then it's Beastman, who we all know. He's from the cartoon. Although, you know, did you notice they called him the Beastman? Right. He was like, not just any Beastman. This guy's the real deal. Right. And then they go, and then again, there's like, Blog, generic guy. So there's Flog, Lizard Boy, Beastman, and then Blog, generic guy with an enormous hair. Like, oh, yeah. hair that is in no way practical for battle whatsoever. <laughs> and he's shorter than the other guys, too, but he seems to be their leader. <laughs> right. You know what he is? He's the counterpart to to Lubick because Lubick was I noticed was a head shorter than every other actor. Right. But he's playing it like he's the biggest guy in the room. But he's um, Wallace Shawn in uh, The Princess Bride. Mm. He's Fezzik, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's also got lizard-like features. <laughs> Wallace right? Shawn does. No, no. <laughs> The He-Man character, Flag, or whatever his name. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it was just really funny because instead of having like Blade, Lizard Boy, uh, 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 Beast Man, and I don't know, Lizard Man or something, whatever, yeah. or like Lizard Face or something, it was it was Blades, Flag, Beast Man, Blurg. <laughs> 
Yeah. Some of their names were just told what they were, and some of their names were just a random sound you can make by clearing your throat. <laughs> Absolutely no consistency in this world whatsoever, right? Yeah. And also later on in the movie when Skeletor speaks via hologram, he goes, people of Eternia, and it's like... <laughs> like what, four people, right? Six extras that they've, like, the only people left on set that yeah. day, they've just... Would you notice they did the same shot at the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie when he talks to the people? Yeah. But one of them it's daytime and one of them it's nighttime, but they're all standing in the same positions. Like they've got these yeah. these prisoners standing there with their hands on their heads for three days or whatever. That's incredible. So, <laughs> um, so we were talking about the, the oh the <laughs> the one good thing that did come from them having to travel to Earth is I kept thinking about this the whole movie and it was cracking me up because Gwildor drives in at one point on, in a pink what was it Corvette or Cadillac pink or Cadillac yeah pink Cadillac <laughs> and they're like because why it's not some sort of land boat right well, why don't they know what a car is they know what a boat is right they probably do they, they all speak like, English yeah. fluently do they refer to the, like the flying ships as look it's an air boat right exactly <laughs> watch out that man's running towards us and he's wearing foot boats yes Although this is boat. this is a, the planet Vitonia where they um, they refer to people who literally lead nobody and actually act alone as centurions, completely missing the the meaning of the word centurion, which is he who leads a hundred people. Ah. Those were the guys riding around on the air skateboards. Yes, right? they were the ones on the hoverboards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So they all they go all the way back to to Earth, or as um, as they would say in Flash Gordon, Earth. <laughs> and um, when they land on Earth, uh, humor ensues because they meet a cow, and they think that it's intelligent life. Hardly how, um, but also they lose the key. The key is distributed miles away. We don't quite know why, how that happened, whatever. But anyway, they lose the key. So, the rest of the movie, Skeletor is trying to get hold of the key. Never really explained why when he has one of, one of his own. Well, because he didn't want them to <clears throat> show up and do the same thing they did before. Even though when they showed up and did it before, they couldn't do anything. Yeah, why didn't they just wait in that room for them to show up and have all their lasers aimed at the spot they were going to appear at? Just blast them immediately. Why not just get every single, like all the people in that room, just just all of them, and when whenever they show up, just kill them on sight. Yeah. But Skeletor had this thing that he wanted to keep He-Man alive, and wasn't even bothered about killing the others. Like Man at Arms, he was like, let them go. Because he kept saying He-Man has this status as attorney's hero. Everyone thinks he's gonna win. So Skeletor wanted to make to have him like surrender to him on basically on TV, like on the, whatever that big hologram <laughs> was. Like them doing hologram. <laughs> so, but they never showed any reason why anyone would think He-Man was their hero. Like, right. it showed people fighting in the distance, and he's just standing on a hill, looking bored. Yes. <laughs> I shall stand up here until someone comes up to me. And, and then may unimaginably wield my sword at them. <laughs> yeah. I think so uh, they go back to Earth where we're introduced to Courtney Cox and her boyfriend Kevin and are given more backstory about the two of them 
in 30 seconds time than we're given about any of the people on the planet. It's so infuriating because those were the characters I cared about the least, but I was forced to learn all about their little lives. Yeah. And yet, yeah, I mean, I remember hating that about the movie when I was a little kid, but watching it now, tonight, I was actually like, all right, they actually did some good character development for these two. They're the only ones who really go anywhere. Yeah. We know nothing about Eternia whatsoever. We don't know why they're locked in battle. We don't know why <laughs> He-Man hasn't put his sword through Skeletor years ago. Yeah, we don't know what the great eyes they keep talking about. Or yeah, we don't know what the, the eye is. We don't know why the sorcerer is so shitty that she gets herself kidnapped. Yeah. It literally starts this movie after all the interesting stuff has happened. That's literally where this movie starts. That's true. And then it's just... <laughs> All that happens is Skeletor's waiting for them to come back. Right. It's like there's it's it's like there's a prequel that should have been made. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It would be it would be like starting Lord of the Rings after the Battle of Helm's Deep and going, Wow, if only people could have seen that battle. <laughs> That's literally what it's like. Yeah. There are two movies leading up to it, but no, we're gonna we're just gonna start after the Battle of Helms. You should have seen it. Millions of orcs. We were fighting on Castle Wars. There was there was uh, elves and orcs and uh, and dwarfs and all sorts of people. Where are they now? Oh, they're dispersed. Dispersed now. You're just, just left with me and Jeff. And me and Jeff are gonna have an uninspiring word battle across dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> was there a character named Jeff? No, there wasn't. Oh, I wish there was. Um, <clears throat> there certainly wasn't in Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, so they you learn all about these kids' lives. Yeah. But she... <laughs> uh, this shouldn't have... Very good. Delicious, thank you. This shouldn't have been such a big laugh, but at one point, Courtney Cox is telling her boyfriend about how her parents die. Oh, they go to the graveyard. They go to the graveyard, yeah. The cemetery where there's a creepy statue of a gargoyle yeah. right next to her parents' grave. And she's like, I never told anyone this before, but I caused, <laughs> I caused them to die. <laughs> I caused my parents' death. Yeah, I caused my parents' death, to which we all had much chuckles in the cinema. Yeah. Because it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. It just came out of nowhere. It's, it's also a bit like Phoebe Cates' uh, story in oh, yeah. uh, Gremlins. It's got that kind of same kind of... Yeah, where father got stuck in the chimney. Yeah, overly melodramatic. Um, uh, pointless story. Because they then parodied in the sequel because they realized how ridiculous it was. Right. But this movie didn't realize how ridiculous Courtney Cox's little speech was. No. And she didn't cause them at all. All she said was, is, I don't want to go to the beach today. I've got to study. Because she yeah. wanted to hang out with her boyfriend. Yeah, so technically and he caused so, her death. Yeah. So then uh, her father instead went, well, let's fly to Catalina for the day. Her father is apparently a terrible uh, plane pilot. <laughs> oh, you think they flew their own plane? Yes, because at the end, she, the oh. mum says, but your dad's a good pilot. And the way she stops him is by removing the map that he was meant to use to fly there. You know, and the keys. Uh, and the plane. keys and all that. All right. They that must that have like a little sense. Cessna or something. Again, yeah. never established. Yeah, and I did not catch the dialogue that explained that at all. No. It was a, that was the problem with a lot of this movie. Was things were explained so quickly at times. Right. And other given, times not explained at all. Yeah. And all of it utterly inconsistent. The only thing they spent any time on dialogue-wise was uh, Skeletor's speeches, which were great. Like Frank, Franklin, is it Langella or Langella? Frank Langella is awesome in this, and his, his Skeletor is very uh, 
Ming Ming like. Yeah, yeah. And he's just a good archetypal, uh, you know, evil villain. Yeah, throw the odd bit of Cod Shakespeare in there, and you're yeah. you're on your way. <laughs> exactly. I mean, literally, he's cut from the same cloth as like Ming the Merciless or Crystal Plummer from Star Trek Six or yeah. any of those kind of things. Yeah, but yeah, he's perfect. But they didn't spend any. T- they, if they would have gone to the trouble with He-Man's lines. He could have at least had something to say at all. No, but it, his lines were all one or two words. He came across as kind of like just a big dumb guy, just buffooning around, smashing stuff. Yeah, but he had he had a heroic. Well, you say that, but when they land on Earth, he says, um, "Let's let's spread out and cover 15 parsecs." While we, uh, this is the other thing we've got to get to is that their units of measurement and time can. St- you're like, oh, it would only take me four four cumplums to <laughs> to do this. Come from school. Yes, Every time, every time they said a unit of measure, it was another word. It was some new word. So the audience had no point of reference for how long this was going to take. What did, We've got seventeen zeigrams till, till the moon is in its setting. Yeah. <laughs> Just those actors read that in a script and go, "What is this nonsense?" And this is my this is my main problem. That I have with all fantasy, and it's it, it's more obvious in this because it's not particularly well handled. But I have this problem with all fantasy, Lord of the Rings included, all of it included, all of it. Nothing gets away. Star Wars doesn't get away from it. Lord of the Rings doesn't get away from it. Never-ending story doesn't get away. Like you name the fantasy thing, none of them get away from it. And that's the fact that everyone speaks English except the odd thing. Like, you know, a flagon of ale becomes a cleft bag of ale. And you're like, no, no, it's like it's a, a mug of ale. Like, just you're saying ale, so why does it have to be a cleft bag of ale or whatever it is? Like, it's totally pointless. It doesn't have, it's just purpose, but to confuse the audience. <laughs> so, throughout the movie, Matter of and Wilder are always saying, like, it's 17 cleft <laughs> till, you know, till whatever happens, and you're like, he goes, oh, I will own, I'll need at least 17, you know, parthets before I can bend the, you know, and then there's this bit at the end where Gilda's like, well, if I have to Jimmy rig this uh, keyboard contraption thing, I'll need a, you know, I'll need a cloth neg of glorg, and he's like, oh, I happen to have a cloth neg of glorg yeah. attached to my pulls off some device that's been on her shoulder the whole time for no reason. <laughs> We don't know that it has any purpose, but apparently Gwildo needs it. Yeah, the man pulls something out of his pants. Same, same, like, he just happened to have this fully functioning electronic device in his pants. I don't know why. I also need an intergalactic legs, man. Oh, I happen to have one of those tucked in my pants. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. Yeah, but the... (laughs) That stuff was cracking me up the whole time, though. I, I have to imagine the, the actors, <laughs> to a certain extent, get a kick out of how stupid right. the dialogue is. Like, they no must be laughing about this. Yeah. They go down to Earth, everyone's speaking English. We've already made the leap that you're from Eternia and they're from Earth, but we all speak a common language. Yeah. You don't need to start throwing around like, what's a cow? And, yeah, <laughs> it's a land boat. <laughs> Why didn't they realize that was like an animal? I, I don't understand that at all. They were like, oh, it might be an intelligent being. They had a pig boy on their planet. Oh, that's a good point, actually. 
every every animal on their planet was a person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everything on the planet was anthropomorphized. <laughs> Uh, Alright, so now I do understand their confusion in that respect. Oh, but we gotta talk about Pig Boy, you just brought him up. <laughs> he's not he's... in the movie at all! <laughs> he's on screen for like two seconds. He's the little kid who, ha who has a pig face who hands Skeletor a scepter as he yeah. enters in the last scene. Yeah. Do, do you know what his backstory is, that, that kid, that actor? No. That was a, a little boy, like a ten-year-old boy who wanted a contest through Mattel to be in this movie. Right. And uh, the filmmakers forgot they were supposed to put this kid in the movie till like the last minute. <laughs> so they were like, oh, shit, let's uh, throw a mask on him and just make him hand Skeletor a scepter and he'll be in the movie. And that was... So that's why he's listed at the end. Yeah. Because I was like, hey boy, why does he get a credit? <laughs> to me, it's so hilarious. Like, I just imagine like this jaded Hollywood like group of executives being around this kid when he's on set like here put this mask on you're gonna be pig boy you think you're glad you won this contest now here hand skeleton receptor and get out of here pig boy guess what your nickname's gonna be for all your friends from now on pig boy still like movies you still like movies how can do you ruin your Somewhere, that child is a grown man weeping in the corner of like a meth den, <laughs> having just taken the life of a 17th prostitute. <laughs> oh. oh man. I actually looked online weeping and I was Weeping blood up. tears in the corner of <laughs> a cheap motel. Quietly oiking to himself. <laughs> I looked up uh, Pig Boy online, and somebody actually made a, uh, a custom figure, like using one of the like He-Man muscular bodies, and put the little Pig Boy head on it. <laughs> so people are aware of this character, and they've like created a backstory for him in the future. Like it, it, this is just a character that people out there are in love with. It's amazing. His name is Pig Boy. <laughs> <laughs> that is the cruelest, the single cruelest thing I can imagine. <laughs> you want a contest? Well, fuck you, kid. We forgot all about you. Back to the plot. <laughs> Whatever the plot was in this movie. That's incredible. Like, fuck you, kid. You're gonna be Pig Boy. <laughs> I want to be Pig Boy. I want a contest. I want to be He Man. He's not in this scene. Fuck up. <laughs> Twelve hours of makeup. You're gonna be in the shot for two seconds. <laughs> and then we're gonna put your name big across the screen at the very end of the movies. <laughs> All your friends know you are Pig Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man! Oh, that's hilarious. Poor bastard. Can you imagine? You go. If it was me, I'd go. I'd seriously don't bother. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna bring you the whole. No, you will be pink boy. No, no, it's fine. Seriously, I'm not. I'm not that married to it. <laughs> 
thanks to an excessively generous donation by Mr. Benjamin Davies uh, to the podcast this week, I would like to uh, give a big shout out to his website, which is www.stoptalking.org.uk. He's a fantastic photographer. And if you need wedding photography, portrait photography, landscape photography, corporate photography, event photography, he does magazine covers, all sorts of things. Uh, Just go there and uh, contact him and he will do the business. Business. Uh, Benjamin Davies, the professional photographer, check out www.stoptalking.org.uk. Uh, for all of you in the UK, if you're getting married, if you're having babies, if you want to do portraits, whatever it is, uh, contact Ben. He's the man to call. And thanks ever so much, uh, Ben, if you're listening, for your fantastic donation. Uh, if anyone wants to donate uh, to the podcast, Uh, You can either support us on Patreon, which is www.patreon.com forward slash aftermoviediner, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, or you can do a flat donation over at the website aftermoviediner.com. There is a donate button in the right-hand column. In fact, the donate button uh, carries across uh, all the right-hand columns of the website now. It's had a spiffing new redesign. So uh, if you wish to donate, uh, please just go to our website aftermoviediner.com hit the button and uh, please keep the show going Uh, help pay for the diner meals that we have help pay for the equipment that we need help pay for the website uh, show your appreciation of the show and indeed send us on tour in 2016 to come to a town near you Uh, thanks ever so much and now back to the podcast what about that funky headdress the skeletal gets at the end Mm. apparently getting the power of the universe means that you have to dress like a RuPaul's nightmare (laughs) Yeah, that was a <laughs> thing had so many, it didn't need that many pieces no. stuck to it. It had like bat wings on the back, and it yeah. had like a city skyscape, skyscape on the top. It had yeah. like, he looked like an Indian god, like a, one of those... Uh, oh, like a yeah, Vishnu kind of thing. Vishnu, or, yeah, Krishna or something, I yeah. don't know what those gods Only, are. Like if you took all of those gods and just mashed them together into yeah. one god. Gilgamesh or whatever those, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it looked pretty crazy. Yeah. But it, he know. also he also kind of looked like what would happen if one of the Golden Girls had a makeover. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like if it was. <laughs> oh, because his face, the lower half of his face was all pale and just like. I just, I just mean like if you imagine like B. Arthur was dragged into one of those glam magazines and they were like, we're going to glam you up. Okay. And they like constructed all this gold through sparkles. Because like. he kind of looked like an old woman. <coughs> Suddenly he was wearing like a Florida jumpsuit. You know what I mean? Like one of those yeah, white right. and gold jumpsuits. And because you could only see the lower half of his face, it was just like pale jowls. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that looks really weird. And I don't I don't think they ever made a toy of that, although if they did, that would be something amazing. It would. I want the pig boy toy though. Oh, that's definitely. what I'm really after. Yeah. Um I didn't know that about Pig Boy, how sad that is. <laughs> well, apparently he it had kind of a happy ending because he got to meet the whole cast and crew. There's like photos of him, like with Dolph Lundgren before makeup and then with Dolph Lundgren in costume, and like they look like they're being nice to it. Right. But. I don't think Dolph Lundgren's a bad guy. I think he's a nice guy. He's yeah. an educated guy. Yeah. He MIT just, uh, professor, scholar, whatever. He wasn't ready for this movie, though. I don't think. <laughs> no. Not for the. He wasn't ready to speak on camera, <laughs> in anything that resembled 
not a crazy accent. Like he was great in, in Rocky IV because he just had to do a, a Russian accent, say a few words. Right. But to do like a heroic voice, it just didn't work in this. And yet, um, uh, what's it called? Dark Angel was before this. Oh, was it? I come in peace or whatever it's called. Oh, they came out before this one. I think so. <clears throat> Maybe, maybe you're right. Well, maybe this was filmed earlier and just released later. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever the case, he claims it was his worst acting experience. Like, it was like a nightmare being on that set. Because they kept trying to shut them down, like, every day. Right, well, because they had no money. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, um, Cannon were notorious at this... Well, they were always notorious for, like, writing checks they couldn't cash. Yeah. But this was, like, at the point where really they couldn't. Well, they went so far as to kind of swindle Mattel, because... There was some deal they had with Mattel. Yeah, they got Mattel a bunch of money up front that they yeah. couldn't then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Mattel was going to pay for like the first half of production. Once that money ran out, then Cannon was supposed to, you know, cough up the rest of the money. And at that point, Cannon was like, no, we're not going to. Yeah. And then Mattel was like, well, we need this movie for our toy sales. Like, this needs to happen. So yeah. we have to sell more toys or we're going to fail. So we'll pay for it. <laughs> right. And then their toys didn't sell anymore anyway. No, because this is the movie they got. Yeah. This shambolic Flash Gordon meets <laughs> Star Wars meets Howard the Duck meets Back to the Future meets... Yeah. It's a glorious failure, though. I I really enjoyed... Like, There's a lot of things about it I really liked seeing. Do you want to fries? No, I'm good. <clears throat> I said I've had enough food in the last 24 hours to kill a rather healthy nun. <laughs> So it's all good. Um, so yeah, what did you enjoy about the film? Um, mainly the visuals, like everything, <clears throat> all the practical effects that were on screen looked pretty awesome. The makeup was cool. The it is ridiculously violent, though. I mean, they they like go out of their way to kill as many people. Yeah. And okay, a lot of them are just through laser blasts, so you might be like, oh, that's nothing. Like, kids play like that all the time. But there's some people, that, like you say, someone gets acid in his face, uh, the boyfriend gets his face pummeled into a cupboard and thrown oh, yeah. into a thing, the and then gets the janitor is like all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this line was hilarious to me when, when Kevin comes to the school after all this mayhem happened and they're loading the janitor into the back of an ambulance and Kevin's like what happened and the janitor says you don't never want to know what know about the I... bit where for no apparent reason Lubick was like I was in career and I never saw shit like this yeah, and I'm like heck? where did that come from do you think he, that actor just was like my guy needs more backstory <laughs> We gotta know why I'm such a jerk. <laughs> like kids so just out there in the cinema going, Korea? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Things existed before I existed? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> at some point, he just seemed like the actors were just making stuff up while the camera was. Really yeah, I'm pretty sure that that. I'm pretty sure that the guy who plays Strickland, I'm just gonna call him Strickland because that's what he was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he turns up to every single film role. <laughs> And just like, this is how I'm going to play it. It's tough. 
when you hire the Strickland, you get the ball. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is what you get. Like, how about him at the end? He's like, Charmin, is, he's suddenly like denaroing it up. Charmin to stay here in the future with the nice Dave and the fucking run. Yeah. And you're like, what are you talking about? He's why winking they, at the cameras. Why did they give him the castle at the end and, and let him, like, this was the same day, I assume, right? Yeah, I guess what so. Why do you do your prize, my man? Uh, too full. Very good, though. Yeah, you're about half of them. Thanks a lot. Yeah, so it's just the same. Yeah, so, so what was the resolution of the movie? I'm trying to remember. They Well, the resolution of the movie is um, that they get back to precisely where they were at the beginning of the movie, except with an injured Courtney Cox. Oh, um, yes. That was so the other thing. It turned her leg other, into a pizza. That, no, but it was like a... You saw like bits of fat and bone and gore and cuss and bubbling. Like I mean, that's a grotesque special effect. Yeah, I think we all had kind of a visceral reaction in the theater. We all just kind of Whoa. yeah. Because it looks like her leg is split open. Yeah. And you can see like the fat in her leg bubbling. Yeah. Like it's disgusting. And I remember it from my childhood. Like I remember the heart being ripped off in Temple of Doom and stuff like that. And I remember just being like, they allow me to watch this? It's crazy. Um, And when you watch those like 80s movies, they were just way more violent. Just yeah. in general, in terms of gore and viscera, there was way more of it in yeah. 80s movies. I loved it. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid. <laughs> of course. <laughs> loved it. Because when we... <clears throat> That's great, yeah, thanks. Thank you very much. When we went out to play war or whatever, like, we would pretend to kill each other, and then yeah. we would go like... Right. Or like you know, pretend that we had like blood gushing out of our neck. Yeah, or you had like a big sword fight. You'd be like, oh, I got your arm. You'd yeah, yeah, yeah. Your then you, yeah, we all saw that, like yeah. in Holy Ground and stuff like that. Was yeah. all fine. Yeah. Um, uh, but like, if they made this movie now, what would it? Everything would be just like very slick looking and dark and shiny, and there would be. No I feel like I don't see. Well, you see, because I feel like they've almost entirely done away with squibs. Like when people get shot in movies these days. Well, now it's just there aren't squibs, is there? Well, like. We both watched the movie Wormwood today, right? I, I right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of the blood effects in that looked like it was digital afterwards. Which is odd because it seemed like such a. Um, I didn't notice that too much. Hmm. Maybe they just kind of augmented Well, it was a lot of headshots, so it was like, I think what they did was they did the thing where maybe the. the the uh, entry of the bullet was um, digital, but then the blood coming out the back of the head was done for real, kind of thing. Because yeah. it didn't feel digital blood to me, one way. Yeah, that's true. It, look, it did look good. That, that movie was awesome. But the worst thing is when you see something like The Expendables and it's all digital blood, and you're like, come on, guys. Like, you guys are the guys who wear squibs. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Cobra and Commando and, you know, yeah. Raw Deal and all those movies. It's like squib central. Like, that's what you want. Like, I want, <clears throat> I want an extra that's getting paid scale to be squibbed up yeah, with more squibs than anybody else has ever had. <laughs> And I want you to blow that sucker up for five straight minutes in slow motion off camera. And then name his character Big Boy. <laughs> name his character Big Boy. That's what I want. Um, but yeah, I don't like. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't see. You know, the closest we get, I suppose, is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle reboot that we just got. Did that have any? I don't even see it. So I don't know. 
Probably not. Because like in the original shells. one, I think it was it was set in like scummy '80s New York, right? With like yeah. punks and crazies and street yeah. gangs and all that, right? There, it was. I don't remember if there was any like blood in the fights, though. I do remember the turtles looking beat up at some point, like after they had. And I know that the turtles were banned in the in England. You couldn't call them ninja turtles. Really? They were called hero turtles. Ah. They were teenage mutant hero turtles. So you could be a mutant, you just couldn't be a ninja, <laughs> right? Huh. Um, and they, because uh, nunchucks were banned in the UK, as were ninja stars. Oh. <clears throat> and they, they, because they were afraid of a rise of kids going out to buy these things, they banned them preemptively before we even saw the movie about the big rubber turtles that oh. live in New York City. So they banned it because of that movie? They, they were, yeah, was they were scared out. of that. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Well, So in, in ours, it was Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, and then it was Heroes in a Half Shell, which was really cumbersome because <laughs> it was Hero twice. Yeah. Uh, even Whereas it should be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Heroes in a Half Shell, because that way you're not repeating it. Like, a good lyricist wouldn't repeat the same word in a line. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm not holding myself up as a good lyricist, although you can buy my albums at missplumbingfixtures.bandcamp.com <laughs> and judge for yourself. However... Uh, no, you're a great lyricist, John. Uh, however, I wouldn't use Hero twice. No. Um, <laughs> the key terms, is, in lyric writing, to rhyme Hero with Zero somehow. Yeah, that's always the good way. That's yeah. always the good way. Or, um, uh, Cheerio. Yeah, or I'm such a hero, I'm going to go have a B-Row. Yeah, with Nero, Emperor Nero. <laughs> Nero, he plays yeah. his fiddle? Yeah. Oh, that doesn't sound so heroic. No, um... Yeah, but that, I mean that's why I love all any old canon film. When I see that logo show up right. at the beginning of the movie, it's just like, yes, Although, this is gonna be good. What's interesting is that uh, there were a lot of those like uh, sort of uh, upstart wannabe um, major type minor distribution companies at the time. There was Canon and PM Entertainment and. Orion and a whole bunch of those yeah, that New were Line. like are they, are they still New, yeah, New, no, <coughs> New Line is the house that Freddie built. Like New yeah. New Line was initially a, dis, a distributor. In fact, purchased Evil Dead to distribute, and uh, once Evil Dead finally came out over here because it came out in Europe first. <coughs> and um, uh, but they was their big franchise was. Did they ban chainsaws before Evil Dead came out in the in UK? Yeah. No, in mm. fact, uh, Evil Dead. Um, outdid The Shining on the video rental list for that year. Wow. It was rented more times than The Shining. Um, it was a big, big, big hit release in the UK. Also, the only movie to be released <coughs> on VHS and in the cinema the same day. Oh, really? That's weird. Palace Pictures decided to go all out, did a huge, huge push, um, and, uh, and it actually worked. They actually said it was a much bigger sale than uh, they had any. So the that didn't take away ticket sales from VHS sales and vice versa? Nope. That's weird. So people just bought both? Well, they would they, buy the I would, VHS have, I would imagine the it was the, day, it's the days before home cinema being so cheap. Oh, uh, yeah. So if you wanted to see a movie on the big screen with an audience, you went and did that. But if you liked the movie, you bought it on the way home. Uh, like, how many times have you come out of a movie theater and gone, I really enjoyed that. I wish I could go buy that now on DVD. Yeah. 
That's a good point. They wait so long usually. Yeah. Months and months later, and yeah. then you're like, ah. And now it's even more frustrating because now they want you to rent it on demand before you buy it on Blu-ray. Because yeah. now what happens is it comes out in the cinema, then about two and a half months later it comes out on video on demand or uh, uh, Amazon or whatever. Yeah. Right. Where you can watch it digitally, pay full price for it to watch it digitally, <laughs> but never actually own anything physical. Yeah. And then uh, it's all just in the cloud. <laughs> and then two weeks later it then comes out on Blu-ray yeah yeah it's weird it's a, it's a dumb system John. it is dumb it should come out and I'm not kidding Blu-ray cinematic and on demand all at once and VHS so th- and VHS and, and everything and a cassette audio cassette <laughs> read, just the soundtrack read by Ian McKellen all movies read by yeah. Ian McKellen keep that guy busy yes as, as Gandalf not as Ian McKellen but Gandalf so it'll be Gandalf reads American Hustle <laughs> or like Gandalf reads Expendables 3 <laughs> You won't even be credited as Ian McKellen, just Gandalf. <laughs> every, every cover will be a picture of him in full Gandalf robes and beard, just yeah. holding a uh, holding. video cassette yeah. of the movie, looking as if he's reading it somehow. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it should be. That would be a world of dreams of Gandalf. <laughs> <sighs> if only so <laughs> yeah instead yeah. they make us wait like three chromons and four <laughs> <Perkulex. laughs> I'm getting my land boat on the, land way, boat. on the way home from the <laughs> I've got to go at least 70 kleptons before I get to the DVD store and when I'm there they've only got scrap teams left <laughs> How many Blu-rays? At least three Scraptons. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let us charter course, Kirk. Of 17 Karth pens. <laughs> Before we get to the glorious moon hole. <laughs> the will shine. It will open its eye. <laughs> the glorious moon hole will open its eye and shine its radiance upon us. Also, what kind of universe benevolently just, like, bestows power on just whoever happens to be standing near it at the time? Yeah, uh, none of that made sense. (laughs) The the rules for... Why did it have to happen at a specific time? How do they know about this phenomenon in the first place? If it had never... I guess it had never happened before. And how did he steal it so easily? Yeah. Like, He-Man just took the sword out of the thing. Also, some of this land was futuristic, because when he put the sword in the the lock, it went... And it had, like, a little digital high-tech lock to it. And then some other bits of this land are are swords and sandals and dust and... People live in caves. That was great when the stormtroopers showed up at Gwildor's front door and ruined his rockery garden for no reason whatsoever. Destroyers like, of shrubberies. Yeah. Were those like Fabergé eggs that he had up front? They were stomping all over. It's he weird. probably lays eggs out of his, <laughs> his gills. He, he's like a, a fish man or something, right? He's got gills, <laughs> but he's hairy. But he's got ears like a like a rabbit or something. I don't know what he is. He's a whatever's funny at the time. Yeah. 
whatever. Made by Billy Barty, who gets the apart from Dolph Lundgren gets the lead oh, credit. Yeah. In this is the first. He goes Dolph Lundgren as He-Man in Master Universe, and then starring Billy, Billy Barty. Barty. The end. <laughs> Some, Some old well, fart is mad. <laughs> yeah, He's been in nothing. Yeah. Tila looks familiar. She was in other stuff. I don't know. Yeah, neither of them were. They were just kind of blah. But Dolph Lundgren and, and Courtney Cox are the two biggest names in this whole movie. That's true. Well, Billy Barty's a pretty big name. Not a pretty big fella, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got all those gill flaps all over his face. <laughs> Looking like a bunch of vaginas. In a way, though, he was kind of... He was like the bad boy of the film. He stole that car and yeah. and, and, re, and changed it into a, like a oh, yeah, there was fuel this, burning... All of a sudden, there was this <laughs> random ecological message right yeah. in the middle of the movie. Oh, yeah, no I don't thing. need to burn any more floor coffins. I can just use my cup sex with the pig's plebs and then I can fling yeah. the dogs into the grim's plebs and then we go nice and quickly. And he built this thing in like... An hour? Less than an hour? Yeah, out of parts that were just lying around an alleyway. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. And then, the, yeah, there was a whole thing of them eating the meat yeah. the, from the restaurant, from the fast food place. Yeah, um, and um, was like what's very and interesting bones. is that uh, Evil Lynn has a, a contraption that is able to see the past. Oh, yeah. She wafts a, a, a scanner over the scene. It's like those things that detectives use on, the, on movies to find out where bodily fluids are and right. crime scenes. But she just wafts it over the thing and she's able to see intrinsically what happened in the previous fight. Yeah, uh, yeah that wasn't explained, that technology. That's some kind of <laughs> magic technology. And yet also they were confused by a cow and musical instruments. Yeah, and yet at the end also Skeletor refers to Earth as a primitive world, even though they're all very confused by all these strange Also, that's them. another thing. Maybe if you're trying to save money on a budget, you don't blow up all those musical instruments which are all expensive. Maybe you set it in a hat shop and blow up some hats. Or maybe... I'm just picturing the Kevin character going, going to his friend who works in the hat shop. Hey, you ever see anything like this weird yeah, also, device? who picks up anything that looks like that and goes, it must be one of those weird Japanese keyboards? It was beeping like it was a bomb about yeah. to go off. Or I something. mean, unless you're a racist. <laughs> <laughs> she might well have been. Probably Japanese. Oh, it's definitely not Japanese. <laughs> what did he what did he say at one point? He goes, I'll tell you something, Kevin, that is most definitely not a keyboard. Oh yeah. Is, was that his friend who worked That in the was store? no, that was Lubick who said that. Oh right. Well then, that was after Kevin demonstrated its keyboard like properties. He was like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not a keyboard. Pretty sure that's not a keyboard. I'm gonna take this with me. When I, I went to back. Korea, I didn't see shit like this. Like, yeah, I just pushed Are you swearing in the kid's phone? Damn fucking right I am. <laughs> yeah. Motherfuckers. And he, was he like the chief of police or what? Cause no, he was a he... rogue. At one point, there was like a sergeant in, in uniform going, now come on, come on, calm down. As if he was like a local lunatic who they allowed to dress as a policeman but actually had no authority at all. Right. Because when he talks to that Kevin kid, he's like, yeah, all right, get in my car, we're going to go see your girlfriend. <laughs> Normally you would tell someone who works for you, an right. officer of the law, to go check it out. You yeah. would just get in your car and drive your No, he drives off. away from that. No, not only that, he lets the kid onto an active crime scene, yeah. then drives off the active crime scene without doing anything. And he leaves oh, don't the kid worry, there. kid, we've, we've had a police dog go in. 
What's the police dog done? Like, gone and sniffed and gone, yep, there was a fire. Well, well done. He ate a ham sandwich that someone <laughs> left on the, on the counter. <laughs> at no point does any of this stuff get figured out. No. Nobody yeah. at all reports the fact that spaceships are flying out of a massive portal. Yeah, where was everybody in the city at yeah, night? Everybody they, was in bed. They were all in bed at the same time. Also, there's this brilliant bit where they go, uh, they're up on the roof and they go, well, I don't know how we're going to get home. And it cuts to Skeletor going into a massive street-wide portal. Yeah. And you just think, I don't know, maybe jump into yeah. the portal. Yeah, just follow, follow them and jump in. Yeah, right. I thought the same thing. I don't know how we're going to get home. That, I don't know. That huge fuck of portal that's going back to Eternia. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, like... <laughs> the look on your face. You, just, you don't know where to go. Well, why does Evil Lynn and Skeletor even bother going to Earth? I don't know. Like, there's no... So what? And then they did, all they did was they like made it not work anymore. Why does... I mean, let's go right back anybody. to the beginning. Why does Skeletor want the destruction of everything? Why does he hate He-Man so much? Why he, can't they live in harmony? He's already yeah. defeated everyone's yeah. army, and he's pretty much in control. He's in Castle Grayskull, and he's like, all right, now I don't really have any power yet. Right. So let me let me keep fucking things up for people. But he pretty much was in charge at that point by military control. Yeah, by, by several parsecs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so overall opinion of the movie. I loved it. Yeah, it was <laughs> it's fantastic. hilarious. Isn't it great? Yeah, Isn't it's it fantastic? non-stop action. I actually really love Master Universe, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. It makes little to no sense. It's a fish-out-of-water story without really being a fish-out-of-water because He-Man just wanders around. Nobody says anything at all. Except at one point, it's a man-fish in water who has to be saved right. from the water <laughs> so that he doesn't drown. Maybe that's what it is. The only time there is a fish out of water, it's a man-fish pulled out of water uh, by He-Man. So He-Man pulls a man-fish out of the water. Yeah. He empties his gill flaps, end of movie. Yeah, symbolism. Symbolism. <laughs> I, I think, I, I, hate to, I hate to put this image in the head, but I think when Teela's not around, I think He-Man and Man-at-Arms have sex with his gill flaps. <laughs> they take either side of his head and have sex with his girlfriend. Imagine the sounds he's making during this. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I'm gonna picture tonight as I lie down to bed. All right. Yes. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you ever so much. Thank you, John. Uh, for and being I, uh, on this special midnight edition of the uh, after movie diner. Yeah. After midnight diner. Yeah. After mid. After midnight movie diner. Yeah. There you go. That makes it sound more adult, even though we went to a movie that was based on yeah. children's toy line. Type product. The after the Mattel Midnight Movie Diner. Mattel, yeah, nice. Um, oh, can I plug my, uh, yes, my new cartoon? I just uh, finished a. <laughs> I can't even think of words anymore after talking about this movie. Um, uh, a two and a half minute first scene of a, a longer cartoon I'm working on that I wrote with Doug Fry, who is a current member of Shop Treatment, and and will be on this uh, podcast later. This year, discussing uh, wrestlers in movies, we're going to discuss the Marine. Oh, nice! Yeah, never saw that one. Um, so yeah, so go check it out. It's a it's, it's a fun little cartoon, two and a half minutes long. It's on YouTube. It's on actually on Vimeo. On Vimeo. Vimeo.com/slash. You've been all modern with the Vimeo. Yeah. Scoffing your nose at YouTube. 
Yeah, I'm moving up. Yeah, yeah. Well, John, I'm not. I got like 30 views so far. That's tremendous. <laughs> I've watched it at least twice. Oh, awesome! Thank you. Yeah, and all I realized was I'm not in it. Not yet. No, okay. will be. You're in a later scene. Uh, I'm in a later scene. Yeah, I'm going to do a voice. Apparently. Yeah, I'm trying to get cartoons. I gotta find a place, hopefully not a diner, to record your dialogue in. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, yes. it will be a lot of background noise we don't want. I want. I want to say at least one unit of measurement that isn't real. Uh, we'll see if we can work that in. Yeah. Maybe you can ad lib like uh, I will do. a flannel pep. Yeah. I have to go several flannel peps from here. So. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. We'll use that. Uh, <laughs> print it. Done. <laughs> That's it. You're not getting that again. That's on there. You'll have to take that from this audio. That's gold. That's it. Yeah. You've got it with this. And then when people are like, why, why does he suddenly sound like he's in a diner? That's just how it is. That's yeah, how John that's how works. This world works. Yeah. Things just happen. But no, it's a. Uh, Juan Johnson yeah. and the Warriors of Magic Kind. That's it. Yeah. I remember we've discussed it on the show before. Yeah, on your uh, your other your live talk show thing. I think it was about. yes on yeah. Crosstalk, yeah. the short-lived Crosstalk. <laughs> what was weird about Crosstalk is even though it was very short-lived and even though it had literally no listeners, <laughs> I still managed to get Rachel Bloom on the show, who has yeah. gone on to be headlining a CW show this fall. Uh, called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and uh, uh, I managed to get a Weird Paul who is the first ever uh, YouTuber he claims or first ever uh, video videographer and I also managed to get Tom Sullivan who did all the uh, makeup effects of Evil Dead on there and I managed to get you Kirk yeah the best best of all the best of all Uh, that was when my uh, apartment building almost burned down yeah you had to leave the room and I had to yeah. keep the listeners company. Because Ash was blowing in through the window. Yeah. Along with the uh, carcinogens. Did you ever find out what, ha- what happened outside? No. I think they probably killed an old person and set fire to them. It's just New that York. That happens in the Bronx, man. Yeah. you got to roll with it. Yeah. It's 1990 after you just, all. You just close your window. It's fine. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, go check that out. Go Video. check it out. Com slash Kirk Howie. And the uh, Warriors of Magic Time yep. on, on, on Vimeo. And it's kind of fitting because it's sort of based on my memories of cartoons from my childhood like He-Man and, and What I was Dragon. most impressed by, and I think I said this before about your other cartoons that I've seen, is the timing. Spot on timing. Cool, thanks. I thought the timing sold every joke. Like, awesome. I, I don't have a head for that. Like, I'm not able to go... Like, I could do it if it was live action. Like, if it was live action, I'd be like, right, we need to see this, and we need to do this, and da yeah. But I wouldn't know even how to come at it as, as a drawn thing. Okay, yeah, it's just... I know you have more control in some respects, but even so... It's... Yeah, well, it takes a long time. <laughs> it takes right. a lot of work and re-editing. And... So how long did that take? Just that scene probably took me, like, about five months. Five animate. months? Yeah. Okay. So on that... But that's partly recording voices, right. uh, mixing the audio, getting everything to, to sound right in the edit, then drawing and then animating. So we can expect the full half an hour episode in... <laughs> Maybe five years. 2027. <laughs> Look out for that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, coming to you uh, yeah. on whatever replaces Vimeo. Yeah, just go there and keep refreshing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Kirkstarter campaign will be uh, no doubt going up soon. Are you going to Kirkstart it? Well, it doesn't cost me anything. I need a way to, to get Don't more Don't tell time. people that. <laughs> tell people that it costs you millions of dollars. But then, 
Coke, you're going to make money somehow, so... I would like to, but isn't that, like, technically illegal to, to tell people you need money for something that you don't need money for? Isn't that all of Kickstarter? I guess. But then you have to give people prizes, did, right? Did what's his name? Prizes. <laughs> isn't that how it works? That's what you think People prize. <laughs> He's like, oh, give me a prize. If you give me $5, I'll, I think I'll prize call you Pig Boy. <laughs> I'll call you up and leave a voicemail. Insult Hello, you. Pig Boy. Um, uh, no, I believe they're called rewards oh, or, yeah. or whatever. Prizes indicates that people did something to... They won. Yeah, the they won something, yeah. but they don't really win anything oh. at all. Yeah, yeah. They just gave you fat wads of cash yeah. and you gave them... Isn't that awful though? Like, you said to someone, like, um, please help me out with this thing, and at the end of it, I'll be able to produce a finished film. And on top of that, they're like, yeah, but can you can you give me more things? <laughs> they're like, but you're paying for the finished film. Yeah, I know, but but can I get a T-shirt, a CD, and a pinwheel hat, and a pair of galoshes? And then you're like, all right, well, I need another five thousand dollars <laughs> to pay to for all that. the merchandise. <laughs> But if you pay for that, then I've got to give you another reward. It's like this. In, it's like this thing that like merchandising is free when it really isn't. Yeah, that's why I've never tried to do a Kickstarter. It just sounds like too much of a headache. <laughs> yeah, it's all this I thing. get bogged down in all these rewards, yeah. and I'll never finish my, my right. thing. And you'll get like twenty-five aprons printed up yeah. for anyone who donates fifty dollars, and nobody donates fifty dollars. So you're left with three hundred dollars worth of shitty aprons. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I went aprons, but I figure like that's a slightly, it's a slightly more interesting than a t-shirt. Because <laughs> you can't, like But a it's also you something can... you can't just wear out in public. You can only wear it that's while you're like like cooking it. or cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that either dust or dirt Deal or with that, internet. <laughs> Deal with that, pig boys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this uh, episode has been dedicated to Pig Boy. <laughs> Wherever you are. Wherever you are. Don't, don't kill yourself. There's always hope. <laughs> Maybe they'll make a sequel one day and you can be a pig man. <laughs> but if you are, it'll probably be replaced uh, with Chris Hemsworth or Liam Hemsworth or one of the Hemsworths. Oh, there's multiple Hemsworths now? There are multiple Hemsworths. They are breeding as we speak. Mm. Jeff Hemsworth, Eric Hemsworth, I Basil Hemsworth. Oh, more. Wow. How much How much Hems, Hemsworths? How much is a Hemsworth? <laughs> is a Hemsworth? Yeah. Well, if you go to a tailor, they'll normally hem, I don't know, around 25 bucks, I think, to hem yeah. both your pant legs. How many quinjowls? Quinjowls? Yeah. Uh, well, at least uh, 17.6 quinjowls. Uh, the .6 is, of course, calf neps. Yeah, I don't have that kind of flargon on me. <laughs> no, I'm all out of Grepnarg at this point. <laughs> Uh, as I'm sure the listeners are. So uh, yeah. thank you so much, uh, Kirk Kelly. Uh, everyone, check out Juan Johnson, The Warriors of Magic Time on the Vimeo, the Vim. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, Ooh, I'm gonna go with that. It's the Vim nice. on the Vim. And everybody, give John Cross a big round of applause right now. Wherever you're sitting, whatever you're doing, just applaud. Yeah. Thanks, John. That's quite all right. I'm gonna go home now and pass out. <laughs> This track is available on the weekend album over at miskplumbingfixtures.bandcamp.com. That's M-I-S-C plumbingfixtures.bandcamp.com.
drifting typewriter starts on the cobbles. The ladies all gossip the caravan. Handkerchiefs to wave bells in the air. Bustling market with meats in a can. Well, all right. Well, all right. Doubt of the cap to the undertaker. Bristling mustaches on Benedict. Cafe tables filled with berets. And here we're not very far from the sea. Well, all right. Well, all right. I don't think you've got a single clue. Nobody asks about you. And if they do, I say, who? Well, you really can't say that you've got it made. Till your shirt sleeves are rolled and you own your very own spade. And you've dug up the garden and winked at the sun. Until then, we're all just on the run. Well, all 